Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ladies and gentlemen and boys and girls, children of all ages, you are listening to a Radalism Broadcasting premiere podcast, Damn You Hollywood, and your host isn't here tonight. It's just me and Alexis. Hi, Alexis. Yeah, our hosts actually looked at the schedule and, just sent, and pretty much said, well, screw that. That's right. He's entitled. Um, we're you talking- only get so many passes per year. <laughs> We're talking The Craft uh, Legacy, which is a sequel to the 1996 cult classic, The, Cl- the Craft. Um, let's talk about that for a second. What did you the think ori- of the original Craft movie? I grew up with it. Had it on DVD. Uh, Midwestern girl who grew up in the 90s with conservative parents. Yeah, of course, I watched it countless times. <laughs> really did enjoy it. Yeah, um, 1996, I was in college, but... Uh, I was into, like, the goth industrial scene, and uh, when it came out, starring Feruza Balk, you know, anyone who was in that scene who dressed that way was like, oh, this we gotta see. And I think, you know, we enjoyed it for what it was. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, none of us were really into, like, the occult and witchcraft or whatever, at least not in my circles. Maybe there might have been some people out there. But I think we, we enjoyed the aesthetic of the film. Um you enjoyed how campy and over the top it was and now here we are in 2020 and they're doing a sequel to it and I wondered are they going to try to recapture the spirit of the original or are they going to try to go their own way with it and we'll answer that question for you tonight I should add that I hung out with a lot of girls who practiced Wicca in various forms and many of them felt that the original craft film while probably not a 100% accurate look at uh, modern practices of witchcraft and such, was still a very fair look at it. They got a lot of parts of it right, and they didn't make it like, you know, a total mockery. It was like, ooh, we're witches, or things like that. So, they thought it did it justice uh, to what they believed in. 
So the plot of this one as it is, uh, we have three girls, Frankie, Tabby, and Lourdes, and they are trying to freeze time with magic but fail to do so as they require a fourth member. So of course, like in all these movies I feel, there's always a new girl m moving into town. I feel like that has got to be the most overused trope. New yeah. kid moves to town. Yeah, it's like, heaven forbid they found their fourth with just somebody else that they never really noticed before. Nope, has to be the new girl. Uh, so new girl, Lily Schechner, and um, her mom, who is played by Michelle Monaghan, they are moving to the area to live with her new husband or boyfriend or whatever he is, David Duchovny. Playing his, this role half asleep. Yes, giving his best monotone. And his three sons. Uh, the girls befriend Lily after she has her period in class, and she's mocked by other classmates, especially Timmy, uh, who's played by Nicholas Gallat Gallatzine. And then she's they are amazed when she telekinetically smashes Timmy into lockers. When Lily responds to them using only her mind, the girls confirm her to be the fourth member and invite her to join the coven, to which she agrees. As a result, they succeed in freezing time. To seek revenge on Timmy, the girls cast a spell on his pillow. The next day, Timmy behaves sensitively and admits to everyone that he is bisexual. Like you do. Timmy throws a party and apologizes to Lily and eventually becoming friends with her and her friends. When Adam discovers about the incident in school, he scolds Lily, but Helen defends her. When, Lily is at, when Timmy is at Lily's home doing a project with Jacob, who happens to be Adam's middle child and Timmy's best friend, he admits to the girls he had sex with Isaiah... Jacob's elder brother. Later, he kisses Lily, like you do. The next morning, Timmy is heard to be found dead, with him allegedly committing suicide. Lily opens up to her friends about her kiss, and they cut ties with her and bind themselves from magic. Lily suspects Adam to be dangerous and asks her mother for, that, for them to move out, but she doesn't agree. In hopes to find anything against Adam, she searches his office only to find her own adoption papers, dun-dun-dun, while Helen admits to her that Lily is actually her patient's child. After Timmy's funeral, Helen tells Lily she agrees to move out. She also admits she knows about her powers and asks her to give her powers to her. When Lily suspects her, Helen shapeshifts and turns out to be dun-dun-dun David Duchovny, who, being part of a pagan cult, has been after her powers since the beginning and knocks her unconscious. Oh, it was all a plot, don't you understand? Lily yeah. Time it has to be the evil man who is at fault here. It couldn't have been the girls learn the learn the dangerous way of running loose with their powers. No, it's all an evil man. Yep, he's the villain. He's uh, he's the hobgoblin. <laughs> Lily he's, Wig. He's still the half asleep hobgoblin. David Duchovny has never been an A list actor, but I have never seen somebody just going through a role on autopilot like this before. <laughs> Lily wakes up in a forest that night with Adam, who confesses that he murdered Timmy, dun-dun-dun, and threatens to kill her, too. When Timmy contacts Lily's friends and tells them about his murder through a Ouija board, <laughs> they show up to save Lily by freezing time, but Adam subdues them quickly. The girls then work together and use their and form Voltron to defeat Adam. Helen then takes Lily to meet her birth mother, who turns out to be, yay, it's Rusa Balk in a, in a cameo, a very brief cameo. Who has not aged well. Now, I don't know how much work she gets anymore. 
No, I, I'm sorry. She, I, I hate to say it, but when she turned and looked at the camera and I was just like, whoa, okay. Um, you know, time has not been kind to you, sweetie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll let you go first. Give my jaw a chance to uh, to rest here. What did you think of this movie? Give me give me all the craft elements that uh, that you need to comment on. You have to look at this movie as one of two ways. You're either a huge fan of the original, or you're you didn't really get into it, and this is just another movie. And if you're looking at it as the latter, this film is dull, dull. Lily is the only character who gets any kind of development and even that is very limited I realized afterwards that if I didn't have this film with the subtitles on I would not have even caught the names of two of the other girls I think Frankie is the only other girl who gets her name mentioned Lords doesn't get her name mentioned once again I found I learned I knew what it was I had to find out what it was through subtitles yeah on my kids I couldn't tell you which one was which yeah none of the girls get any other kind of Uh, development or characterization the first craft movie really went out of their way to develop why each of these girls was interested in learning magic to help them Uh, you had the one girl who was was, she was black and she was a victim of racial taunts one girl uh, had burn scars on her body from an accident and it was hurting her one was trailer trash and one was uh, depressed and mocked by a guy so she wanted to get revenge on him these girls I know nothing about them. I think the only thing they mention is that one of them is trans, and it is in a fleeting comment, and that is it. We know nothing about why they're interested in magic. We know nothing of their backstory. We know nothing of why they are looking towards something like this. It's like, okay, are they depressed? Are they coming from rough backgrounds? Are they just suburban girls who got bored? You know, you there is no clue about any of these girls, and again, even Lily doesn't really have that much development. The only character who's given real development is Timmy, who I'm not gonna lie, the actor, the scene when he comes out as bisexual to the girls is actually a very, very well done scene, and the actor sells it, and he does a good job, and he is given an off-screen death, <laughs> and I had. Like I said, I'd also like to add this film. The first craft film obviously played fast and loose with a lot of what you could do with magic, but it felt not realistic, but plausible. You know, the glamour spells and certain things that they did. It felt like, yeah, that kind of thing you could see being related. Here, they just made up whatever the hell they wanted and kept adding glitter filters. This comes across like they discovered their mutant powers. Yes, exactly! Oh my god! I was watching this go, it's like, so apparently discovering witchcraft means they're becoming the Avengers. (laughs) God, yeah, none of it made any sense. We don't really see them using their powers for anything besides just goofing off. They freeze time way too many times for it to become actual, like, interesting. I think the only other time we see something interesting is when one of the girls makes fire come out of her hands. And even then, it's so weird. You can tell this film is also haphazardly edited because you can see scenes where the girls are wearing the same clothes in multiple parts. There's one, like, um... 
when they leave Timmy's place, I noticed that Lily was wearing a, a jacket and a button-up blue shirt, and then they do the montage, and then they cut to a scene of her going home, and she goes, oh, Mom, I was just hanging out with my friends. But she's wearing the jacket and the button-up blue shirt, so that was obviously uh, shot originally following them leaving Timmy's house. And it was just edited in later. And frankly, I am so sick of this happening in films where it's abundantly clear that it has been edited and re-edited and continuity has just been thrown out the window. We have seen this so many times in recent movies. It's so annoying. Just screams that this film was, uh, you know, edited way late in... Excuse me, way late in the game. And, yeah, that ending. That (laughs) stupid stupid ending where it's revealed that David Duchovny is part he's a warlock I guess and I'm sorry going so and he I'm sorry going so did he know that Lily excuse me sorry reviews can't stop sneezing um that was she was a witch and he targeted Helen because of this did he find out later? I mean, he's got her adoption paper, so was he tracking her? You get that? The impression I got was that was the mom's paperwork that was just organized from a scene earlier where she got, like, stuff in a shoebox. And he's like, he's going to help me organize my life. I don't think that belonged to him. Maybe, but they never explain just the massive coincidence of how a warlock you know, found a girl, found a woman with a witch daughter to steal her powers. The, you get that horrible CGI when he tries to shapeshift. Oh my God. I'm sorry. That, that looked like something out of the sci-fi channel. That was so bad. (laughs) And yeah, the girls, they kill him in an incredibly anticlimactic scene but it's like he's been established as a very famous uh, motivational speaker. That, that's that's what they said that he did before. And now I'm sure it was clear that he really wasn't as much of a motivational speaker as he was a cult leader, and he was working with other uh, you know pagan groups. But still, he's had books published, and we saw that he had um, newspaper clippings of his speeches around the house, like you do. And he's dead, and he has three sons. You know, only two of them who have any kind of character development whatsoever, and even that's stretching it. And it's just like, okay, they're all done. And it's you you don't kill this guy and leave without and then leave his sons without any parents and not have this be a ramification. How did you know, just they, they just swiped it because I was like, well, well, wait a minute. How did they get away with this? What about the three boys? What if, what's going on with them? But nope, they just sweep it all under the rug and they point out that, and then they reveal that Nancy is the mother, which also makes no sense because Nancy lost all of her powers at the end of the first craft movie and she was the antagonist. It's like, why do we want her to be the mother? Yeah, I thought for sure it was going to be the redhead. Yeah, Sarah. I thought that would make a lot... That also makes a lot more sense because, fun little fact here, the original script for the first craft movie... Um, it was going to be revealed that Sarah was the only one with powers. The other three were able to tap into it because they were essentially absorbing the powers that Sarah gave off. They were kind of mooching off of her. But yeah, that's because I was like, wait, so 
Nancy was never like a true witch. She had all of her powers taken away for, you know, attempted for murder and attempted murder. And oh, and she was in an asylum. When did she have when did she have time to have sex and a baby? Yeah, exactly. I mean, they don't let you have conjugal visits in a psychiatric institution. Yeah, she's clearly been in there since she was a teenager. Anything else? I think I can get off my soapbox. Like I said, this movie just <laughs> this movie was so bad. So many scenes felt were poorly written. Characters jumped to conclusions without making any sense. I didn't understand why the girls were so convinced that Lily was the reason why Timmy killed himself. She established that she you know, they they put the spell on him to make him more open-minded and sensitive. And then Lily, I guess, puts on a bit of a love spell on him, so she kisses him, and when she reveals that, the girls are like, he was already under spell! How could you be so reckless? Why would you do this kind of thing? And I'm like, what did she do? Why, why, is, why, is, why are you so convinced that this is what killed him? Yeah, the, the love spell was not for him to be in love with her. I thought it was, I don't know, extrasensory for her to masturbate. I didn't, yeah, for the record, I didn't need to see that. <laughs> Seriously, all this talk about the cuties and that with being, you know, child pornography, it's like, I don't need to see a 14-year-old masturbating. Thank you. Yeah. Um, all right. My 50 words or less on this thing. Um, this has zero, like, soul or aesthetic to it. Um... It's like someone decided to do a tribute to the craft, but like if this were the Metal Hammer of Doom and Jesse and I were talking and someone's like doing a cover song, we talk about you can just play the cover straight or you can try to make it your own or you can do something really crazy with it. And I feel like this is one of those ones where they just like tried to play the song but played it badly. Yeah. Um, the thing about the original is Feruza Balk really goes crazy. Like, like her, her, she gets obsessed with her powers, and she becomes a menace. Yeah, she's a very interesting character. She invokes the spirit, and it becomes clear that she was not prepared to have that kind of po- that kind of power given to her, and she becomes incredibly reckless with it. So the movie becomes, you know, stopping her before she becomes completely out of control. And there's nothing like that here. Like, they give David Duchovny a little bit of menace, but his menace is, don't, you know, talking over Lily when she tries to explain the very logical series of events that caused her to push Timmy. He grabbed her and was like, how about sex? Yeah, he was. He grabbed her. He sexually harassed her. Um, yeah, I frankly, if my daughter had done something like that, I've been, I would have said, "Well, you at least broke his nose, right?" Because he apparently fucking yeah. Deserved what it. what school gives you detention for that? You know, if you know some guy comes and grabs you, and you're like, "Get off me!" and he's like, "How about sex?" and you're like, "How about no?" and you shove him into a locker. They're like, "All right, well, good for you for defending yourself. You come here." Let's let let's let's have a lesson in how to uh, deal with people. Um, so there's that scene, and then you get no David Duchovny for a while, 
And then there's the one after Timmy dies. Yeah, you get that weird scene of him leading a. I I thought it was like a. I don't know if this was the pagan cult or if it was part of his motivational speaking or something. They were passing around a stick. I thought it was some sort of like you know new age men's uh, meeting. Yeah, it, it reminded me of one of those like if you have the stick then you can talk kind of things. Yeah. They're snapping their hand or their fingers in agreement. So here's the thing. They're setting him up to be a warlock, and he's the big menace of the movie. But they don't actually do, do him... They don't actually show him menacing anybody or anything. He just sort of shows up at the end. He was like, it was me, Austin. It was me the whole time. It doesn't even... They don't even really explain why he killed Timmy or how he made it look like a suicide. Right. It's just he, he makes Timmy's a comment about how, Timmy conveniently died. Yeah, he makes a comment about how he was weak or something, but Right. But what made him weak? Did he, did uh making out with his son make him weak? Yeah, did, it's like was did, he bi- was he bisexual cuz he was weak or did, Yeah, did, did did his bisexuality make make him weak? Was the fact that he was being nice make him weak? We get no sense of what David Duchovny wants, needs, what his motivations are, nothing. So his yeah. turn as the villain, well, I mean, you can kind of see it coming, but it's also, in terms of movie structure, it comes out of left field. And then, you know, and then, like, here's where I want, if you're going to do this, at least, like, light up the screen. Give me Christopher, uh, what's-his-face, from Roger Rabbit. Lloyd. Yeah, give me Christopher Lloyd from Roger. Remember me, Eddie? Like, yeah, that's it's so like, memorable. Give us, give us Jeremy Irons from Dungeons and Dragons. Give us Glenn Close. Give us Anne Hathaway from The Witches. <laughs> right. Like, you know, at least, like, chew up the scenery then. No, he's just like, uh, Lily, to be a warlock. Listen, I'm going to need your powers. What? <laughs> Again, I know David Duchovny is not a balls-to-the-wall crazy actor. Never has been, and that's fine. But I'm convinced he was sleepwalking through this entire film. Yeah, really. This this whole his whole performance is a commercial for Ambien. Yeah. Um, the girls have uh, just one by one. You're absolutely right about the three girls. You have no idea why they got into witchcraft. You know the original. The, the original showed you how the girls got from A to Z. This one, they're just doing it for like shits and giggles. Yeah, exactly. It's and, that's and they treat it with like they, they treat it like a business. Like you know, like like like, like they're starting a pop up of some sort. Yeah, I wanted to know more about these girls. They seemed interesting. You know, they seem... The, the, the actresses who play them are all doing a good job. They're fine. Yeah. They just come across like... I want to spend a day or two at a high school and hear what kids actually sound like because Hollywood interpretation of how kids talk is grading to the nth degree. That it is. For the record, I have nothing against making one of the girls trans, but tell me it felt like inserting that line into there was solely because they just wanted to appeal to a wider demographic because I don't think her I have no idea what you're talking about I missed that line oh um lords the the, the taller girl yeah there's a scene where they're when they're walking in the woods and 
they make a comment about um, Lily and her period, and yeah, Lord says it's like, and they say, and Lord says like, you know, she's like, well, I can't do, I don't believe. She's like, it's okay, trans girls have their own thing, and that was it. And I was just like, okay, so she's trans. Big whoop. Yeah, I felt like that had just been thrown again. I was like, well, maybe that's going to come back later as why she's getting into witchcraft. Maybe she's bullied for being trans or something. But no. It never comes back. There's one part of the movie, and it has nothing to do with Lords. Um, the other one. Uh, let's see if they show. Okay, Gideon, the Ad, Gideon Adlin, Frankie. The, yeah, I was going to say the Latina girl or the black girl. <laughs> um, representation, representation for representation's sake. Uh, Gideon Adlin, she has a pretty nice look to her, but I would not say that she is. Um, she is classically attractive mm-hmm. and they play on that in the movie because she shows up to the party and a blonde girl bullies her and and says something about her the, you know the, the fact that she's not pretty and then, yeah, that's, she, and then she, I, I they make she, her bang her head I, that is literally all that happens with these girls yeah nothing happens to Tabby nothing happens to Lord's um, you don't know why they're outcasts at school. Like, uh, you didn't see Stargirl, the the show. Uh, but, don't have DC streaming. Um, it's on HBO Max now. Oh, it is. Okay. Well, as soon as I get done with Hellstrom for our upcoming review, plug plug, I'll be sure to take a look at that. So there's three people who will eventually become the Justice Society, who are outcasts at school. One is socially awkward. One sent a picture of her tits to her boyfriend, and he shared it with the school. And one is just an angry loner. Um, I don't remember why he's an angry loner, but he is. Um, something I think it's because of who he's raised by and the fact that his parents are dead. Uh, but, like, that show went out of a tray to say, these are the reasons why these kids sit alone. And they're not sitting with each other, just, just sitting at a table together. Um, you know, they are the outcasts. Yeah, the... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Loner table. I remember that table. It was just, it, that was where you went when you didn't have anyone else to sit with. Right. And you didn't necessarily talk to the other kids at the table. You just needed a place to sit. Mm-hmm. Um, here, they're like, we're outcasts. And then they don't say why. They don't show why. They don't show anyone being mean to them. There's nothing. <laughs> yeah, I think... Um, oh, God, yeah. This what's is what I mean by, like, they're just playing the notes... But there's no rhyme or reason to anything that they're doing. And yeah, there's just... a scene where there's scene where somebody writes on Tabby's locker, "Tabby is a slut," and she burns it off with her powers. Again, going a little too uh, new mutant there. <laughs> but I'm just like, but that's not character development. Every girl in high school gets called a slut and gets something written on their but locker even, like but that. If you're going to do once... that, if, if you're going to throw it out there, then then like have the have the girl at school be like, "Why did you sleep with my boyfriend, Jeff?" Yeah, it's like, 
I'm sorry. It's like writing on the locker. So and so is a slut. Is not character development. No. Um, it tell it doesn't tell me anything about her, and then they don't do anything with it. So it's just it's just part of a montage. Mm-hmm. It was a it was a, it was essentially to set up her using her firestorm powers. This movie really is a giant slap in the face to anyone who has practiced Wicca. You cannot use magic to transform into Kristen Stewart. Why the hell do you want to transform into Kristen Stewart? Why was that a line? Because uh, people who watch this movie will also maybe have watched Twilight. Uh, that's that's got to be the thinking. Anyway, um, you're right about the editing. It's 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 garbage. Um, see people wearing the same costumes in the same scenes like mm-hmm. over and over again uh, Lily has no character and it's weird because normally like and again I'll compare it to Stargirl the setup to Stargirl is they're moving from I think Los Angeles to Nebraska mm-hmm. and she resents her stepfather she's mad at her mom uh, in, a, in a montage, they kind of show that she's um, a gymnast and she does karate, and you know they're, they're setting her up for the fact that she's going to be a superhero. Uh, but they lay all that groundwork in the beginning, and you spend time getting to know Star Girl before she becomes her, and you know you, you get a sense of what her character is and why she's mad and how the, all those decisions lead to her picking up the staff and deciding she's going to be a vigilante. This girl, the big thing that they gave her to do was she cries a little in the car. Did they ever explain why she cried in the car? Why the song no. that they were listening to made her cry? No, they don't explain. No, they just, she's, they're moving to a new place from wherever to be with David Duchovny. And they don't talk about it. They sang an Aladdin Tomorrow's Hat song instead. Um, and you don't get to know Lily at all. She just shows up and she, she's a photographer. That was her character. That was her, like, personality. She takes pictures. Mm-hmm. Then the next day she's in school and she's embarrassed because she has her period in the middle of class. This is all you get out of Lily. They, I hate to say it, they were they spoiled the period scene in the trailer. I was convinced when I saw that that, that she was pranked. Mm-hmm. The way they built up, the way Timmy just suddenly screamed, "Oh my god, that's so disgusting!" I assumed that he had like snuck a like a blood pack or something under her chair when she sat down, and then he was purposely pranking her. It's like, but then no, it's her real period. I'm like, well, okay, yeah, we all all of us, you know, women get their period. I get it, but. We don't need to see her pull down her pants and see that, yeah, it was her period and she's having an insanely heavy flow. Yeah. My point I know is... I know that's no part of life. I have... Su- I've had my... I had my period start on me in school and stained my jeans. I went through that. It sucks. <laughs> my but point... it doesn't need to be seen. <laughs> my point with bringing all that up is they don't give her a character. Like... Yeah. I think... In the original, the I can't remember the redhead's name, her, her actress. Her, hmm? Oh, the actress? Robin Tooney. Yeah. I think, like, we spent time getting to know Robin. We spent time getting to know why she was an outcast. I think she also moved to a new neighborhood 
and there's time spent explaining, you know, why and why she's reacting to it the way that she is and all that. Um, this is so that you buy into the main character. Like, Lily is a giant nothing burger, as Robert Winfrey would say. She's just there. They also have her explain that she has had her powers for a while. This one, they if she if Lily had any kind of inkling towards having magical powers before she moved, it does not come up at all. No, she's like witchcraft. What's that? <laughs> yeah, no. In the first one, Sarah said that she it's like yeah, I I can do some things, but it's just sort of weird and it's not really focused. She makes a joke about how you know she's like she'll wish for rain and then a pipe will burst in her room. So they wrote characters with no motivation and no personality and no character. Um, they wrote a villain who you don't know is the villain till the very end with no motivations to speak of or what motivations are there are, are not, they don't, they're not seeded through the movie at all. Um, I have no idea why the sons are the way they are. They're, they're both solemn and gloomy and mopey and they want nothing to do with the girls I just okay one of them may be gay but one of them sleepwalks and <laughs> that didn't go anywhere yeah one of them one of them sleepwalks they do nothing with that so that's the thing it's like they made an ode to the craft without knowing what made the craft enjoyable for people to watch mm-hmm. and it's it's just the movie is poorly written, it's poorly edited. Um, the people acting in it, with the exception of David Duchovny, I think are doing the level best that they can do with the material that they're given. But it's like they're all they're all gonna like the main star, the cast of this is gonna get pigeonholed into B movie territory because that's how this comes across. Like this was supposed to get a theatrical release, and in some areas it did. But because of the COVID, um, Sony decided to put it on uh, um, streaming uh, earlier this week, and uh, October twenty eighth to be exact. And this, I, this, this com- I mean, I know it's a Blumhouse movie, but yeah, like, I, like I can't see anyone coming out of this like into a bigger role. Like they're gonna, they, they, but they might get cast in more Blumhouse slasher flicks. The only actor who, again, I thought actually did an impre- an, a very impressive job, not just bare minimum, was the actor playing Timmy. Yeah, the- he has he has a really good look. I noticed he, yeah, I always think about Red Letter Media talking about um, James Marsden's, um, not James Marsden, but the kid who plays Cyclops in the newer X-Men movies. Um, Ty Sheridan. Ty Sheridan. Like, he has good Hollywood lips. Like, mm-hmm. your, your lips are going to be famous. He has good. Ho- this kid's got good Hollywood lips. Yeah, and again, the scene where he comes out as bisexual to the girls—it's it, very well done, and the actor does a very good job with it. So, yeah, yeah he, he's, he's kind he, of a—he's kind of like the best character in the movie. He's the only like developed character. Yeah, he's the for only sure. one we get. Mo- he's the only one we get motivation for. He's the only one we get background for. He's the only one we get development for. <sighs> All right, so we're going to skip the money because I can't even get, like, a budget on this. So, um, and if you want to hear uh, us talk about the money, check out our Witches review. We did a whole money segment there for what it was. 
but I'm not gonna. Aside from the fact that we do the money and uh, Alexis's eyes generally glaze over. Um, well, it's been a little more boring than usual this year because if you actually look at it, I think Sonic the Hedgehog is still the number one movie in America. It's budget. up there. Yeah. Um, anyway, it's it's been less than a week. Nothing's changed from when we did the Witches review, so check that out if you're that interested, or just check it out because of the Witches. But this is Damn You Hollywood, so Alexis, are you ready? <sighs> I'm ready. Are you ready? No! I said... Alrighty, I'm not going to do too many of these, but, you know, I'm going to need you to summon your best Winfrey here. James Mottram of the South China Morning Post. The audience the new film is aimed at, teenage girls, should be spellbound. Don't you have, like, a teenage sister? Yes. Will she be spellbound? No. Haley is actually interested in not witchcraft or anything, but she has always loved the new age stuff. We've actually saged her room and I've bought her crystals and we've joked about like fortune telling and stuff like that. So I know for a fact that all this stuff looks like she's just going to look and going, uh, no. It's like, no, you cannot summon pearls to be on someone's face for makeup using magic. It doesn't work like that. Um, second all right um hope madden of columbus underground it's as if lister jones really loved hanging out with these kids and then realized at the last minute she's going to have to give them something to do technically that's not wrong (laughs) it's not good filmmaking but it's not wrong yeah, no. I, I don't know anything about Lister Jones. She's all, From what I could see on Wikipedia, she's only directed one other movie that I've never seen before. So I, I can't give a fair judgment on her as a filmmaker. But if I just have to go off of this movie alone, she, she sucks. Sorry, she sucks. Abby O'Cleese of Crooked Marquee. From the film's diverse cast to its messaging of strength, authenticity, and community to its mostly female behind-the-scenes creative staff, Lister Jones is professionally committed to putting her money where her mouth is. So if you don't like this film, you're racist, by the way. You know, I have nothing against, you know, the diverse cast. I, You know, I don't care if you're going to tell me that that was all a studio marketing decision or if they genuinely thought these actresses were good, you know, were, were perfect for the roles regardless of their races or anything, but... <laughs> Yeah, sorry. No part of this movie scre- really screams girl power. Sabrina Ramirez of Geeks of Color. Oh, God. <laughs> A new generation will fall in love with the introduction to this coven. While fans of the first film will enjoy most of the refreshing take from writer-director Zoe Lister-Jones. P- 
people just give the original film to younger girls if they're interested and just say like okay you really want to watch something about this about girls discovering themselves and learning about life and witchcraft and stuff like that here's the 96 craft good movie watch that it still holds up it's got a couple of cgi moments that are a little laughable but it's still a very good movie jade badowski of decider a pleasant series of scenes with some with some unearned bigger moments Quit trying to get on the back of the DVD box. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Nell Minow of Movie Mom. A smart and witty update that pays tribute to the original, but it's very much its own take on the subject with a couple of delicious twists along the way. What was the take? I don't... Under, like, what was this film trying to say about witchcraft? Like, the first movie, I think, had a very had a message about like you know abuse of power yeah be careful it's essentially the be careful what you wish for line because again Nancy as we see is not a bad person at the beginning she just gets too much too fast and she loses control by the way wasn't the original also like kind of scary at times because I got nothing out of this yeah actually there was a couple of horror moments um there's especially that and there's actually the end one it's not the ending scene but it's the beginning of the climax in the original um nancy and the uh, nancy and oh god I can't, I can't even remember bonnie and rochelle that's the name of the other girls uh do i guess it's like an illusion spell on sarah that when she goes home uh all, her lights are all out and her house is suddenly just massively infested with snakes and bugs and worms and they got real uh, all these real animals all over the place it's not CGI and it's pretty terrifying to see her trying to you know she's trying to hide and it looks like there's just hundreds of snakes outside uh, her door and it's pretty freaking terrifying right name me a scary moment in this movie Okay. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, do you want me to say there is none, or shall my silence speak? <laughs> I'm good. Uh, Preston Barda of Fresh Fiction. Writer-director Zoe Lister-Jones crafts a continuation that seamlessly mixes nostalgic flavors with a new kinetic entertainment. I have no idea what that means. Literally, the only tie-in to the previous craft movie is the last five minutes where Lily goes to see Nancy. You could have cut that out completely. The adoption thing doesn't really even matter to the plot. I mean, I guess it builds up a little bit for why Lily doesn't trust her mother for, uh, at, at first. But then, you know, when um, David Duchovny, as the, you know, posing as the mother, tries to get her to give up her magic, even then she's like, you're not my real mother, headbutt. <laughs> Lauren Coates of Culturist. Sweet, funny, and often poignant. The film's clever dialogue and strong cast make it the perfect witchy teen drama to enjoy this Halloween. No, it doesn't. Um, Mike McGranigan from Isle Seat. The craft legacy doesn't take itself too seriously. That makes it fun. 
At the same time, it absolutely takes its female empowerment method seriously, and that makes it substantive. I wouldn't show this to my daughter. I like, don't get that. It, do, it takes itself seriously. It doesn't take itself too seriously. That, that makes no sense. Well, it, it, it allows itself to be silly while saying girls are important, should be treated well. I can think of like 10 other films I can show my kid to show her like female empowerment. I genuinely this isn't think one of them. I think your daughter would like the first craft movie. She's a little young for it. Okay, a little bit. Yeah, good point. I, I, I hate to admit, I honestly forget that movie's R-rated. Yeah, she's nine. Okay, my apologies. Okay, when she's a little older, I think she'll like it. Yeah, I think when she's 13, 14, um, and this time of year rolls around, I think this will be a fun one for us to watch together. Uh, <clears throat> I wouldn't show her legacy, though, for any reason. Yeah. Uh, Not unless you want her to suddenly start dressing with, like I said, putting pearls on her face or something. No, no thanks. Christy Puchko of IGN Movies. A frustratingly franchise-forward choice aside, this sequel is wickedly fun and bewitching. Ugh. Again, quit trying to get on the DVD case. Uh, I'm sorry. The more we've done this, the more I've started to pick up on writers who clearly are trying to like writes not write something you know actually true but write something quippy yeah uh Shannon McGrew of Nightmarish Conjurings the craft legacy is a bewitching pop culture timestamp that carries an important message of acceptance inclusivity and respect okay can I just say something about that Go for your it. movie has to be more than inclusivity acceptance and respect you also have to write decent characters you will have to give them good motivations you have to have a plot that makes sense you have to have a movie not a not a commercial not a you know the more you know or uh, knowing now, now you know and knowing is half the battle that can't be your whole movie go ahead yeah we're not going to care about the avengers if your main plot of it is that they're all different people different ethnicities different backgrounds etc yeah, that's not the Avengers, like, selling point. Yeah. When I watched the final scene of Avengers Endgame, I was like, boy, there sure are a lot of different races out there. Uh, Jane Adams of Consequence of Sound. This is going to be the last one. Legacy is an uneven love letter to the weirdos. I nearly threw my can of soda when they brought back the we are the weirdos mister line that felt more forced than the first Fantastic Four's movie shoehorning in it's clobbering time yeah so we didn't like it folks <laughs> again if you again if you have younger girls who'd be interested in this sort of thing just show them the original film we're not doing well with these streaming movies are we well like, we gave the witches a somewhat positive review like overall like everything that they like said fuck it we're gonna pull it from theaters and we're gonna put it on streaming we have not loved Artemis Fowl Mulan the one and only Ivan Scoob yeah Scoob like the the one the one that we missed was trolls, and I would have given that a, I would have given that a glowing review, but Robert would have hated it. 
you probably would have had to like bound and gag Robert in your basement to make him watch that. Yeah, that one was probably one we, just me and you would have done. But um, I don't know. Did you ever see it? Uh, the sequel? No. Okay. It's available on Hulu now for free. It's it's worth a watch. Like I said, I you know as a music fan, I really liked it. Anyway, um, I just I bring that up because it's a it's a pattern here. Where, like, these movies get made, and I think they get screened by executives, and they're like, well, we made them, so we got to release them. And then COVID happens, and like, look, these aren't good, so just put them on streaming, and hopefully that sells our streaming service, and, you know, maybe we'll make a few bucks. hope that doesn't happen with Soul on Christmas, because I am still legit looking forward to that one. Yeah, Disney, um, I think, there's an article I read. Uh, where I, I think like a Disney investor was like, er, put everything on streaming. Put Black Widow on streaming. So who knows? But that wraps it up here for us folks. Um, next week, Christiane and I will review Hellstorm, Son of Satan, Equinox. We'll have an election podcast. Um, and Thursday, Alexis will be back to discuss the Hellstrom series on Hulu. Uh, no, yeah, there no, um, other TV parties for the month of November. Everything got pulled and, uh, nothing has been announced for streaming that's worth taking a look at. So, uh, that's all you're doing for me for the month of, um, for the month of November is Hellstrom. <sighs> yep. Yeah, I'm going to go be sitting over in the corner, just waiting. It's like. Why don't they want me on the network anymore? Well, you're welcome to join our alternative commentary for uh, Mike Tyson versus Roy Jones Jr. <laughs> I'm going to be sitting in the corner quiet going, I don't know what to say. <laughs> um, no, I'm going to be using this month to gear up for the holidays and to also be re- I'm sure you saw the picture I sent you that I did get Red Sonia and Vampirella meet Betty and Veronica. Yeah, it looks awesome. Yeah, I just came in the other day with the final uh, edition of Three Jokers, so I will be going over that and getting ready for our next uh, source material. <laughs> um, when did I put that on the schedule? Because I've had to change the schedule a couple of times. I know Three Jokers is on there, but... Um... I have absolutely no idea. I just okay. remember... I, I remember it's a while, though, because um, the comic shop... I, I try to deal as much as I can with a local comic shop here in Kansas City... I try to get back to the small businesses, but they've been having trouble getting their shipments in because the warehouses that they use, unfortunately, lost a lot of employees uh, to COVID. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that means like losses and they had to quarantine or, you know, God forbid, worse. But because of that, they haven't been able to get their deliveries in on time. So um, I've essentially said it's like you need to give me like at least six months notice so I can make absolutely sure that We seem to have lost Alexis there. Uh, all right, folks. Thanks for joining us here on on uh, Damn You Hollywood. For Alexis Haina, who's seemed to have gone away, be well, be safe, and behave. <laughs>